So we are discussing the uh, the Four Noble Truths, and specifically uh, the aspects of the of each of the Four Noble Truths. I believe we've covered everything already, right? Yeah. No. Can I get a no? <laughs> so, uh, and the reason for going over, over this, the Four Noble Truth, is since I'll state again, since this is a class on on uh, sort of familiarizing you with uh, with some of the elements in Buddhism that sort of give you an overview of Buddhism in general. It's like it's supposed to be an introduction to Buddhism. Um, one of the things that you need you need to have a list a list of things that, that for you to be able to say that you have some knowledge of Buddhism. And the very first list of things that you need to know is uh, the list of what, what what are the four noble truths. Okay, because that's something that is very essential, very uh, fundamental for all Buddhism, no matter what kind of Buddhism that you are practicing. Okay, whether it is Southern Buddhism, Northern Buddhism, Mahayana, Theravada. Hinayana, Chinese, Tibetan, doesn't matter what form of Buddhism you're practicing. You, the Four Noble Truth is, is, is essential. Okay. Now, the Four Noble Truth, uh, the reason that they're called truth is not because uh, that's what the Buddha says, so therefore they are truth. But they are truth in a, in a sense that it, uh, you can directly see those things as uh, experiences in your in your own life, and when you look at life directly, uh, without any bias, that's what you will see. You will see those things. So that's what makes them truth. And they are called noble truth because also they are truth for someone who who is, who is uh, uh, 
and the term noble is supposed to be referred to somebody who's an Arya. An Arya is somebody who has uh, seen the true nature of reality directly. Okay? So they are truth for someone who sees, who sees truly, who sees uh, the world as it really is. Okay? So, the first of the, the, when you look at the world, the world of normal human beings, the world of normal beings, uh, the, first, the first thing that you notice is you're looking at the, you know, what's already a result. Okay? And you're looking at the result. What is, what, is, what is your experience? What do you see? You see yourself. You have a body. You have a mind. You live in an environment. There are others around. And at least there's one other kind of being that, that's around. These are the animals. Okay? The other kinds of beings that are uh, around that you hear that more in a... Uh, they're adopted more in myth. They are more adopted more in uh, in uh, in speculation. Okay, but there's supposed to be these other kinds of beings. But there are two kinds of beings that we cannot deny. There are human beings like us, and there are animals. Plants. There's that's a big debate there because some say that they are beings, some say they are definitely not beings, some say they are, well, some of them are beings, some, some, and so we're not even going to go into that debate. Okay? But definitely we can agree that human beings are a kind of being <laughs> and animals are another kind of being. Okay? So these are, the, these are the ones who are, these are the experiencers, right? And then the exper- these experiencers live w- within their uh, particular environments. So the fish live in the water, uh, birds fly in the air, and then you have animals that live on the ground, you have animals that live under the ground. Okay? So that, that's the environment. So you have uh, also deserts, uh, rainforests, and you know, cold, hot, and all those kind of things. So these are the, these are the uh, that's, that's the world, that's existence, that's the normal life as we know it. So how do we experience it? This is an effect. This is the, this is, this is our, it's not something that you're, go, you're going to experience, something that you're already experiencing. And how do you experience it? Generally speaking, you can say uh, that the general uh, uh, experience of it is that it is dissatisfying, it is not satisfying. There's something, there's something unsatisfying about it. There's something unsatisfying about the kind of body we have, the kind of mind we have, the kind of environment we have, the kind of relationship that we have with either with other human beings or with with the environment, with, uh, with animals. There's something dissatisfying about it. And this condition of dissatisfaction go, goes in, you know, has different range. It goes from subtle dissatisfaction to all the way to outright pain. Okay? Yes, of course, uh, there are moments where uh, the <coughs> we have experience that we can say, oh, that's a happy experience, that's a joyful experience. We cannot deny those also. But the 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 over the uh, the condition that that that's sort of like underlies or that sort of uh, envelop all these experiences that we have uh, that's we, we, that's the first truth is the truth of suffering okay and the truth of suffering. Uh, uh, don't consider the, t- the term suffering in, in the way that we consider the term suffering, like when you have to go to the hospital because you, you're in pain, you know, you broke your arm or, you know, things like that. That's not the, that's not the only suffering that, that the truth of suffering is pointing to, okay? It's pointing to, to any condition that whether, whether, it is, whether, whether it is a happy experience or whether it is an unhappy experience that uh, is connected to to pain. It's connected to pain in the sense that the happy experience eventually will end, and then when it ends, uh, it's not another it's not another happy experience that comes up. It could be most likely when that ends, an unhappy experience uh, happens. Okay. So because the condition of that happiness is that it can end, it's connected to the truth of suffering. Okay. It's not that it's not saying that. While, while you are happy, you're actually, you're not, actually not happy. Okay? It's, it's saying that that happiness doesn't last. And because it, because it has the condition of not lasting, it is 
connected to the truth of suffering. It can end or it will end. It, it can end and it will end. <laughs> when, when it will end, we, don't, we, don't, we, we can't quite say. So for some people it lasts a bit longer, for some people it, it, it's a, f- a few moments. Okay. And uh, to sort of uh, really uh, understand these, the, these truths, then there are aspects of these truths that you have to contemplate. So to sort of really see that when this is the truth of suffering and you look at all the aspects of suffering. Okay. And we went over that, th- those four aspects. Uh, uh, impermanence, the, condi- the, the condition of things being impermanent is connected to the truth of suffering. The condition of things being, uh, well, outright suffering. <laughs> And the condition of things being uh, uh, not having any essence, not having any essence, okay, that's being void, okay. And the condition of things not having a, a, a fixed, a fixed identity, okay, that also is connected with the truth of suffering. Now, it's not, it's not, and not so much that because things are impermanent, therefore they are suffering but connected to the condition of things being impermanent, that contributes or, or, or should I say, allows for, for, for the experience of suffering to, to, to take place. Okay? Like, if, the happy experience, for example, when, when you're having this happy experience, because the, exp- the condition of the experience is that it will end, right? So that is, that is its impermanence, and, be, and, and then what we don't want this, this happiness to end. So because of the condition of it being impermanent and, uh, and our uh, grasping on, uh, to it leads to suffering. Okay. So you, you're happy today or you're happy for a few <coughs> moments, but you want that. And the, and the, uh, the way when you, are, when you are experiencing the natural experience or the, actu- the natural uh, condition of the experience of happiness is that you want it to continue. You don't want it to, you don't want it to end. And since, since suffering, uh, since that experience is not something that is permanent, it's not something that, not something that is permanent, that is, its nature is uh, impermanent, then you will eventually, that, that is, it cannot fulfill for you what you want from it. That is, for you want it to stay forever. And that leads to suffering. Okay. So you have those aspects of the truth of, of uh, suffering. And then you have the next truth. So now, that's the result. So, so when, you, when you contemplate this condition of things, or things uh, of the nature of suffering, they are connected to suffering. So you are seeing... Uh, your reality for what it is. So when you see your reality for what it is, then, it, then the natural question comes up then, where, where does this come from? Where, where, where does this condition come from? And then you realize that things have causes. Effects have causes. And that's us, when you get to the tr- second truth, the truth of origin. Okay? The suffering that we are experiencing, it has its causes. So when you, when you and then you, you analyze deeply the, what are the aspects of, of an origin? Okay, and then we went over the four aspects of that. Okay. And once you are convinced that indeed you're con- you, you look at your life and you see it for what it is and you see that it is dissatisfactory and then you go into the, the aspects of it and then you really it, you, you get the, con- the conviction. Then you go to then you then that, that leads you to look for the cause, and then when you look at the aspects of cause, then that gives you the conviction. When you get to the conviction of cause, then that naturally leads you. Wait a minute. If this is for this to come to exist, it needs this to be around. Then if you remove this, which is the cause of it, then you will not experience this anymore. Okay. Then that leads you to, con- to, to, to start looking for uh, what would it be like if you remove all the causes that are responsible for suffering. Then you will, have, you will be in a condition where there's no, there's no suffering. 
a condition of of uh, where where uh, suffering ends. Okay, and and you look into that, and because of your conviction that it has causes, then that will lead you into a conviction that you can exist in such a way where you don't have to experience dissatisfaction, where your existence is 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 dissatisfactory. It's an experience of being dissatisfied, or an experience of, of suffering. And that itself also has four aspects. Okay, that, that's the truth of cessation. The truth of the cessation of suffering. The truth of the cessation of also of the causes for suffering. The truth of the cessation of the habits that accumulates the causes for suffering. Okay. And we went over the aspects of the truth of cessation. Uh, well, some of you were here. <laughs> some of you weren't here. <laughs> okay, so the aspects of the truth of cessation. Remember, a cessation here doesn't mean uh, a, a temporary stop. Like uh, uh, you're, having a, you're experiencing a particular kind of a pain and you take aspirin uh, and then the, the pain goes away. But your body is in such a condition that it can again experience pain. Okay, so that moment where the pain wasn't around is not called a cessation. Okay. Cessation here, as the truth of cessation, is that your you, your body arrives at, at such a condition that it will never again experience pain. For it, the experience of pain and the, the presence of the cause of pain have, are no, no longer uh, 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 existing in your continuum. It's like, having a, it's like having a body that is immune, you could say, to, to, to pain, to, the, to, to suffering. It is immune to suffering. It is immune to, to accumulating the causes of suffering. So that's what a cessation is. Okay. Uh, Yes. Can you have pain without suffering? Can you have pain without suffering? I mean, the two I don't see are the same thing. No. Yeah. Yeah. You can have. You can have. Yeah. You can have an experience of pain and not suffer. Yeah. I can. I, I can see that. But it. it and again, it did, and the very condition of having pain is part of the truth of suffering. Okay. But more in the. You're talking about more in the sense of like an everyday kind of. A, Experience you can lead you can arrive at a point where you have pain, but you're not suffering. Yeah. So, uh, so, f- so for a condition to be called properly the the, the truth of cessation, then it, it must have or have uh, those a- aspects aspect of cessation that is you know complete complete end never again will it. It is impossible for that thing to come up again. That cessation. It's like burning a seed. It is impossible for that seed to give rise to a to a tree. Okay. So that so the condition of for that seed to uh, to ever be connected to a, being a, a a tree, a seed to be connected to a tree, that the condition is ceased. Has ceased. Okay. So uh, and. Uh, there's a sense of pacification. Okay, that's a, another of uh, aspects of the truth of cessation. So, cessation, pacification, and then a sense of excellence and a sense of definite, uh, uh, definite uh, emerge. Definitely, de- uh, I, I prefer to call it definite extraction, <laughs> definite emergence. Okay, your it is certain that you are extracted from the condition where, where, where suffering can be an experience. So that's definite, that condition of definitely being extracted from that, that's a part of the aspect of the truth of cessation. Okay? The complete pacification, the complete subduing of what can lead to the cause of, or accumulating the cause for suffering that being completely pacified, that's, a, that's another aspect of the truth of cessation. Okay? And then the sense, uh, what they call here as, as an excellence, is that uh, w- uh, accompanying 
this cessation is because of the condition of the absence of what leads to suffering. It leaves, leaves sort of like a vacuum. And then this vacuum is, is experienced as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a natural sense of joy. Okay. So it's not that you remove, it's not that you remove, uh, uh, you remove something and then you, you replace it with something. So like you remove the suffering and then you take joy from somewhere and you, and you, and you put it in its, in, its, in its place. It's about the, the very absence, the very impossibility of you experiencing suffering. That absence, that impossibility, that itself, that, that vacuum is experienced as a sense of joy. Okay? And, that's, and, and also, it's being replaced by positive experiences. Okay? But the positive experience is, you know, that's, that's one of the beautiful things about, the, I guess you could say, the, the culture of yoga, that they have, we have different, uh, as an ordinary being, we have, very, we have ext- you know, almost infinite flavors of pain. Okay? But in, in, the, in the culture of yoga, we have infinite, there are infinite flavors of bliss. We're not talking about you know being a little happy and then being more happy, being happy for. We're talking about you know being bliss, being bliss out. Even that, there are infinite flavors of that. Okay, so there is one flavor of you know a joy where it is it is it is simply the mere condition of not having the cause for suffering. That that vacuum itself. It's like a. a I don't know. It, it depends on the kind of person you are. <laughs> uh, how many people have desks either at home or at, at work? A desk? A desk. Yeah. Okay. Now, how do you feel when your desk is all neat and tidy? And how do you feel when your And how do you feel when the desk is completely opposite or completely organized, things are all over the place? <laughs> you feel at home. <laughs> you feel at home. <laughs> you will build. So, when it's completely neat, how do you feel? Does it disturb you? Yeah. It, it disturbs you. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> There's something not right. <laughs> okay, so you have those two personalities, right? Now, now, just take the condition of here it is. And then you have that sense of being disturbed. So that's because of the presence. That's, that's because that's the condition of having those, the causes or the means or the possibility of suffering. Just having, even though they're not manifesting, but just because they're there, okay, that's, it's like being disturbed. Like for you, it's like the, the desk being unorganized. And for you guys, it's like being the desk being organized. <laughs> okay. Now, the opposite, because when the very possibility of suffering doesn't exist anymore. Okay? It doesn't exist at all. The possibility just doesn't exist at all. Okay? Then it's like for you, the desk being organized. And it's for you guys, the desk being, you know, things all over the place. <laughs> okay? Then that sense of, ah, that you have, that's like just because of the condition of the absence of the, of the, uh, 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 what did I just say? That? Of the other. Of the other. Yeah. Okay? So, but there's also, uh, uh, so that's one kind of, 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 of joy, one kind of bliss, okay? which is just the absence of, of what could cause suffering. And there's also a, uh, there are also another flavor of, of, of bliss, of, of joy, which is actually bringing about a, a quality. Like, for example, the, the, the quality to have the intention or the, 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 the force of mind, the force of character to be virtuous, okay, to be virtuous, even though you're not in a condition where you're going to, or where you actually, you know, doing an act of charity, for example, but because you have the state of mind that is ready to do an act of charity when, it, when an act of cha- when a situation comes up, that condition is a positive condition, and that also is, 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 uh, is what become, what is, what would be, what something that is, has replaced, or that is put into the, the vacuum. Okay? And that's a different kind of joy. 
Okay, different kinds of bliss. Right. So these are the four aspects of the truth of cessation. I did say four, right? You did hear four. Yes. Nirvana. That is nirvana. Okay. That is nirvana. I was that yeah. Yeah. The complete, the complete absence of of ex- the experience of suffering, and also the complete absence of what can cause suffering. Okay. And so now that you are, you you look at your condition and you see it for what it is. You're not no longer hiding from what is from what from what is being presented to you. You look, you see look at it for what it is. And when you look at it for what it is, then naturally that brings you to look for where, where, the, where, do, where does it come from. If it's something that is painful, you want to know where it's come from so you don't, so you don't get that anymore. Like if, uh, the, the example of a headache, for example. If you, if you, if you really look at, look at the condition if, when you're having the headache, instead of running away from it when you have it, but really look at it, say, oh, look at this thing, this experience. And then you, when you really see it, say, I don't want it. And when you come to, I don't want it, then you could say, okay, what is causing this headache? Okay. If you find out it's because, I'm going to give a bad example. It's because of chocolate. <laughs> That's a very bad example. Because chocolate cannot be the cause of a, a headache. <laughs> Especially when it's good chocolate. <laughs> so if by some strange, impossible uh, thing, you come up, you, you see that, you, you see how chocolate is the cause of the headache, then you will naturally want to stop taking chocolate. Yeah. That's the lack of chocolate. Yes. Okay, let's say that way. <laughs> yeah, good. I like the way you think. Okay. <laughs> you discover that this headache is because you haven't had enough chocolate. You haven't had chocolate. Okay. <laughs> it's because of the absence of chocolate. And so when you see that as being the cause of the headache, then you want to stay away from that cause. That is not eating your, your daily requirement of chocolate. <laughs> so, you want to, uh, once you have that conviction of, of the, that there is a cause, then you want to either get the cause or you want to stay away from the cause, depending on wh- what, the effect, uh, what the effect, okay? And when you have, when you have and the reason that you, you, uh, uh, you don't move directly from contemplating the cause and then immediately contemplating uh, the, the path. Okay? There has to be the, the, the conviction that you, uh, you are such a being that can experience the state of not having a headache. Okay? You, can have the, you can have the first truth uh, as, as a conviction, but if you don't have the conviction that you can experience the... You, can, you are... Your nature is such that you can experience nirvana. Your nature is such that you can, ex- you can be someone who doesn't have to have headaches anymore. If you don't, if you don't have that conviction, then you, you, you will not go... You, you, you may start... You may, you, you may uh, pick up the path, but you, may, you will not do it with, with enough power to actually bring about a result. Okay? So there are people... There are, there, there are even philosophies who believe that, yes... There is suffering. Yes, there's a cause of suffering, but there's nothing you can do about it. Okay. For as long as you exist, you have to suffer. Yes, there are some philosophies who actually have this conviction that they don't believe that there can actually be a, a, a cessation of suffering and the cause of suffering. Okay. So once you have that conviction, just by contemplating, okay, if it has a cause, if you remove the cause, then what do you see? Oh, that, con- that effect is not there. Okay. Then you keep contemplating that. You contemplate what 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 are the aspects of not having uh, experience of suffering, the cessation of suffering. Then you get the conviction to start thinking about okay, what is it that I must do to actually actuate to bring about uh, uh, the cessation of suffering, and that's the truth of the path. And that itself has four aspects. Okay. And what is the path? The path is. Uh, Hmm. is a non-conceptual I don't want to use the word cognition but, a, but that's what I can come up with sorry <laughs> it's a non-conceptual cognition okay 
and uh, and that there's also further further uh, uh, elements in the definition that it's a non-conceptual cognition under the influence of 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 the conviction that you have about about those the the, the first the first three, because you have a conviction about those things, they they, they are they they influence you to seek uh, a, a cognition and to seek a truth to seek a view and to seek a truth and when you directly perceive that truth that's that, that's what I mean by non-conceptual that that when you see it. There's nothing else. Uh, up, there's nothing else being perceived by your mind. Only that is being perceived. There's not even the experience of I am seeing this happening. It's not that you, you, for a moment that you disappear. It's not that there's not the experience that I am seeing this. It's just the perception of it. Okay, that's a non-conceptual cognition. Okay, and then specifically the non-conceptual. The, the ultimate or the, 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 the non-conceptual cognition that, we will, that, that is the ideal is a non-conceptual cognition of the, what is the true nature of reality. Okay. When you have a non-conceptual cognition of the true nature of reality, that, that itself is a path. Okay. And it is a path because, okay, now you go into the aspects of the path. Because it leads to uh, uh, what you might call uh, um, um, there's one of the one of the aspects of the truth of cessation is the definite emergence or definite extraction. There's something here that's very very similar is is the definite removal. It's not it's not quite the same thing. So one is like uh, uh, the condition of having something removed, but this is more the, the condition of the thing having the power to do it. You understand? So it's a path because it definitely has, no, it does the action of removing the cause of suffering. It's not like an, uh, an uh, you know, what you call that thing? A plus, no, not a placebo. Uh, you know, a, a kind of medicine that doesn't cure you, but it's sort of like you know, I'm, you know, make you feel better. But you have to keep taking it because as soon as you stop taking it, then you know, you go, you are back again to that condition. Mass. Of, well, mass. 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 Okay. Yeah. Treats the symptoms, but not the disease. Yeah. Yeah. So, for it to be a path, it doesn't only mask your condition. It actually removes you. It has the. It, it does the action of removing. So that's the path, okay? So de- there's a definite removal, okay? And some, for something to be a path, it also uh, is, uh, what do you call that? Um, hmm. That is... Uh, what is that word? Juba. It's Juba. Established? <laughs> Establish. Okay. Establish. Accomplish. Uh, uh, there's another term uh, that they use. Realize and not realize. Establish. Uh, you want to say attain? Attain. Attain. Okay. Attain. Yeah. It, it, it has, it has uh, just like there's the action of removing. It's like, uh, you know, uh, the example of you have a nail you want to remove, okay? So a hammer has the will be a path in the sense that it actually has the capacity to remove the nail, okay? So the nail, the, the hammer will be like a, like a path, and the condition that is left after you remove the nail that's the definite extracted, that's the cessation, okay? And uh, a lollipop. <laughs> It's not a path uh, referring to removing the nail because it, no, it can't remove the nail. Okay, so that that that, that, that would be a, a, trying to make a decision between the definite removal and definite uh, uh, extracted. Okay, so one is a path and one is the cessation. Okay, and then there is I don't know for some reason. 
another word, attainment. Okay, we use attainment for now. Okay, so attainment is another aspect of, of, of the path in the sense of it's almost like a condition of it's almost like a condition of uh, of, of cessation. Like uh, there's a, there's one of the aspects of cessation is that remember excellence, like you know something something. Uh, there's a positive state that, that, that that's that's there. So the attainment is almost like the, the it's, it's almost the same way as the, the example of the hammer and the and the and the the, the condition of the, the nail being removed. Okay. So condition. No. No. It's it's, it's a it's a Buddhist term that they use all the time, but for some reason I can't. <laughs> it's escaped my mind for for now. But uh, 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 achievement. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, more in a sense of the active way. Okay. That there is like a, 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 a sense of, of conviction. A sense of conviction. That as you are implementing a particular a particular uh, teaching, implement, implementing a particular behavior, there's a, there's a def, there's there is a, a, an undeniable sign that it's actually working, because that would be like attainment. Okay, I forgot what I achievement. Achievement. Okay, <laughs> achievement. So there's that definite sign. And the last one. The last aspects of the truth of, of the path is uh, uh, it's like it's a sense. I'm define. It's a sense of, of of you have a sense of clarity in the mind, a sense of clarity in the mind that a particular uh, behavior or a particular. Uh, uh, particular action, a particular behavior, a particular, I mean, I, I want to say path, <laughs> I can't use the word path anymore, I would use it. So a particular, uh, okay, a particular behavior, you, you have the clarity that it is the behavior that will act against the, 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 mm, the clear vision you have in the beginning about what is suffering, what is the cause of suffering. You have a sense of knowing that this is the thing that I must do to, be, to remove this, this cause, that is the cause of suffering. And this is called appropriate means. Okay? That's, that's the aspect of appropriate means. Okay? That there's a sense that, a conviction, this, is, this will take out the cause of suffering. Okay? And it's clear, and there's, there's no doubt concerning it. Okay, and that and that makes that that's a path. So that state of mind is a path because it actually leads to cessation, to nirvana. Okay, so these are the four aspects of the truth of uh, the path. Okay, so what, what what's a path? What makes a path a path is having those aspects. Okay, it definitely has the power. There's a there's the, there's a sense of discrimination. There's a sense of definite uh, attainment. Having a there's a, a attaining something like you see yourself making progress, so to speak. And then it's itself uh, the the direct non-conceptual cognition. Okay, that 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 that, that takes place. Okay, that's that really is what would really be called a path. Okay, that direct cognition. The other ones are aspects of it. Okay, so believe it or not, now you have two lists. Now you can go around saying you know you know Buddhism. <laughs> One list is the f you can now say what are the four noble truths? What is the foundation of Buddhism? The four noble truths, and what are they? The truth of suffering, the truth of the cause of suffering, the truth of cessation of suffering, the truth of the path that leads to the cessation of suffering. Okay, and People use different words to to describe them depending on you know what works best for you. Some say the truth of strife instead of truth of suffering. 
the truth of pain, the truth of stress, the truth of dissatisfaction, the truth of cause, the truth of origin, the truth of cessation, the truth of stop, <laughs> uh, the truth of, uh, of nirvana, just some say just that, and the truth of the path. I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone actually, yeah, I don't think there's any other word for the, for the last one. Everyone says the truth of the path. Okay. Now, and then, you have, now you can name these four, and not only can you name these four, you can, do, you can do a little bit further. You can name the four aspects of each. And if you can't remember all the aspects, remember one of, one of the acts, aspects of each is the actual, one, it's, it's the name is one of the truth. So, one of the aspects of the truth of suffering is suffering. One of the aspects of the truth of origin of suffering is origin. One of the truth of aspects, one of the, uh, one of the aspects of the truth of cessation is cessation. And one of the truth, ah, one of the aspects of the truth of the path is path. Okay, good. And try to remember the other ones, but at least you remember these three. <laughs> these, these four, you're good. Okay? Now, there's another fundamental list that we're going to have to start with. And that is because uh, we've reached now the truth of the path. Okay? And usually, uh, after, uh, you know, uh, when, you, when you read the sutras about where the Buddha talks about the, the Four Noble Truths, eventually he ends up with the, the eight, you've probably heard about the Eightfold Noble Path. Okay? Now, you look at the Eightfold Noble Path, it's not really. Here is a doctrine. Or here, here is a dogma. Here is, something for, here, here is something for you to force yourself to accept whether you like it or not. Okay? If it's really looking at, re, just looking, let, let, let uh, reality you know, present itself to you rather than you impose, uh, impose the, uh, a nature to reality. Or ne- never mind reality, your nature is this. I don't care what you say, this is what your nature is. That's what we, that's what we do, unfortunately, and that's what's called the ignorance. Okay? So when you allow nature to say, oh, this is who I am, say, oh, what, what, what are you saying? And, then you, and, you, and you just see reality for what it is, then you come to realize these four noble truths. Okay? And when you look at the condition of suffering, and there's it's just, just like there's a path that that leads to the truth of cessation. There's also a path that leads to the truth of suffering. Okay? And it's not that all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, you, 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 there was a, a moment where you were blissed out, not existing. That doesn't sound... That doesn't sound, that doesn't sound kosher, does it? <laughs> Sounds like, What? There was a time you, you didn't exist and you were blissed out. Well, anyways, a lot of us think that. <laughs> not, maybe not consciously, but uh, some, some, there's a, some unconscious acceptance of that. There was a time I was blissfully non-existing, and all of a sudden, this accident of existence came up, and then I found myself suffering. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, you know, here I am, I'm thrown in this condition, uh, I had nothing to do with it. Okay, but we forget that we 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 skillfully engage in a path, and then the result of that path was that this result of suffering. Okay, so so look at that path. The thing is, that path is powerful. Why is it powerful? It actually brings about results. Okay, so what is the what what is the uh, the dynamism that is involved in bringing about into ex- something into existence. Okay, that's the eightfold noble path. Okay, it's just looking into the dynamism that actually brings about uh, 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 the experience of uh, uh, something in, into existence. Okay. Yes. A question. Um, so the fourfold of the path, and you have four aspects, and then the eightfold. Path. Yeah. How do they interact? I'm losing connection between the 
between path, aspect, eight, how do they interconnect? Okay, so you have the phone number two, and then each one of them has their own the aspects, right? And then the last one, the path. So when you go deeper into the path, so what is the path? Okay, what is the thing that you have to get? Uh, what what is that object or what is that behavior that you you get th- that leads to a direct non-conceptual cognition? Okay. And you can consider the non-conceptual cognition as right now. Okay? Non-conceptual. Well, not being aware? Non-conceptual origin. Like not thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking about yeah. How you're getting there. It, how did you get there? Yeah, how did you arrive at this? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the eightfold path. Okay. Now, uh, in connection with this, which is a path, a non-conceptual uh, cognition, I, I, I also said that you are already, you are experiencing that already. Mm. Right? Mm. Do, do you agree with that? Like when you directly, uh, when you're seeing something, you don't have a, uh, there aren't conceptualization going on when you're directly seeing with your eyes or hearing with your ears. Okay, it's like, you know, it's like direct. Okay. But when I ask you to think about something, that is like a conceptual concept. There's conceptualization going on there. You're, 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 you're not directly in contact with that thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, don't just think about, you know, you're seeing things, you're hearing things, you're, uh, the outside, of, out, you know, like outside the environment. But think also of the way you, f- you, where you feel you are, Think about, uh, think about also the actual experience that you have about having a body or being in a body, having a mind, being in a mind. Okay? Those are also, you can say, a non-conceptual cognition. Okay? But these are the kinds that are part of the truth of suffering. Okay? And then now we want a non-conceptual cognition that leads to cessation, to nirvana. Okay? And that, it will seem, uh, the reason I'm saying that is not this... The, the four noble, the, the, just like the four uh, noble truths is not something that is in being imposed upon you from outside. It's, you know, if you just look, you will see, oh, there's suffering. It must have a cause. Oh, yeah, there's a cause. Because you, you have experience of that. You know, take, take, take a match, light it, put it next to your skin. You know, you're going to burn. So the burning has a cause. Okay? Just, in that, just, in, just that simple. Okay? And then... When you remove the match, well, it's going to take a little while. <laughs> you, will, you will eventually experience the cessation of, of, of that burn. Okay? So you, you have that kind of experience. Remove the cause, you will experience the cessation of what, of, of what brought about the effect. So there was a path. I lit the match, I brought it to my skin. So that's the path that brought about that condition. Okay? So just like you can, there, there are paths. That, brought, that brings about, uh, uh, because when we think about the path, what we, uh, because it's mentioned more in a sense of the connection to the cessation or achieving nirvana, we think of path more, more like uh, the path that leads to nirvana. That's what we want. But if we have to understand what is the dynamic, the dynamism of a path, okay, that, that actually brings about a result. Okay? So, Lit the match, brought it, brought it, brought it to uh, my skin. Okay. So, how did how, how did that get how did that get uh, get to uh, to happen? Okay. So that's where we're going to go into the four the the eightfold noble path. Okay. Now, I have to remove first of all the word noble. Okay. And the reason that it's noble. There is not that they throw the word noble in there because you can say eightfold path is the dynamism of whatever path that leads to whatever whatever result. It's noble if the it's noble if that path only result is nirvana. Okay, that's why it's called the the eightfold noble path. Okay, so let's talk about just the eightfold path without the noble. 
Okay. So, first, uh-huh. uh huh. On a personal basis, mm-hmm. uh, I'm suffering. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm suffering is because I'm lusting. Uh huh. I want to stop my suffering. Mm-hmm. And if I do this, I will not lust and I will consequently not suffer. Mm-hmm. Okay. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, is, is where is the initiation? Where is the, where is the spark that sets all this in motion? You know, if I'm a drunk, mm-hmm. I go to AA, I have to turn my back on the way I was. Mm-hmm. You know, a strong conviction. I do not want to drink anymore. Mm-hmm. Drinking it, it's almost, I don't know how, how to say it. It's sort of like, why would you... you you have to suffer so much, you have to get down so low that that initiation that gives you that strong motivation, what is the motivation to cause this to, for one to undertake mm-hmm. this path? Why would you, why would the normal Western person do that? Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that actually, that's how a, does it fire? What's, that's what's exactly it? what the Eightfold Path is about. That, that somehow by, by Looking at that, that that will turn the ignition on and cause me to follow yeah. that path? Yeah, yeah. So, the initial thing about the Eightfold Path is view. How do you view reality? How do you view a particular... And it doesn't have to be like in general reality, you know, the reality of all things, but you know, the reality of what, whatever it is that you're engaging. How do you view it? That, when, when that view is definite and strong, and it doesn't have to be right view, it could be incorrect view. Um, unfortunately, we have mostly incorrect view. <laughs> but once it is established as view, then that leads to a chain of, of, of natural consequences. Okay. So, the example of the, the, the person who is uh, suffering because of, of, their, uh, of their addiction to alcohol, for example, until they get a view about their condition, until they get a view about being able to, uh, to not exist this way anymore, until that view is clear and present, then what, will f- what, what should follow to get them out of it is, is, go- is not going to be there. Okay. So, it's not that they have to suffer and suffer and suffer and suffer. Suffering may be the thing that actually brings about the spark of the view. But some people, as you know, suffer until they die and they never ha- actually had to had the chance to the suffering that brought them to actual death then actually make them all of a sudden you have the eureka of, of the view to make them come out of it okay but it can be a catalyst for that but the main thing is the person has to focus on acquiring a view the reason that the person has the result of being addicted is because of a view that they held that was clear in their minds I'm going to have, be happy if I drink. And when you're convinced of that view, then, you, then the natural things follow. What follows? There's the intention to do it. Because of the view, there's the intention. And because of the intention, then the intention will lead to some sort of action. Either verbal action or physical action. Okay. And because of the... the, the uh, uh, initiating an action of either speaking or initiating an action of of, uh, of you know, doing something physical with your with your you know, physical, then that leads to a, a, a somewhat like a habit. Okay, and that's what it, and and you live a certain way. You you come to live a certain way. Okay, and then because you now you live a certain way, this now becomes. Uh, uh, like, like a, little, a little universe that feeds upon itself. And the way it feeds upon itself is you, make e- you continuously make effort towards that. And there are certain things that seem to occupy your mind and those things, because they occupy your mind, they lead to, they lead to continuing that action. And then you, 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 you have now a new object of focus. 
Well, I just, I just mentioned the Eightfold Path. <laughs> right view, right intention. Well, the, what, makes those, what makes that path noble, that is, if the view leads to cessation, to nirvana, then it's right view. If, if you have right view, the right view will, will have you kind have the, uh, the view will lead to an intention. Because the view is right, your intention will be right. That is, you will have uh, an intention that leads to nirvana, to cessation of suffering. And because you have the right intention, then what you say becomes right speech, because that speech leads to nirvana. And then you also have right action. And that action, that kind of activity you do, it becomes right action because it leads to nirvana. And then, following that, then because you are now acting out of, out of right view, you're speaking out of right view, now you have a livelihood, a life, the way, a way you live your life. That's right livelihood. So the way you live your life now becomes right because it leads to nirvana. Okay? And because you are living, you're having a livelihood this way, then that's what you put your effort into. Okay? You put your effort into those things, th those kinds of speech, those kinds of actions, those kinds of thoughts that leads to nirvana. That's right effort. Okay? And because you're associating yourself with those things that lead to nirvana because of right view and everything that follows, then you're, what are you mindful of? What is it that constantly runs in your mind? That becomes right mindfulness. And what is it that when you actually are doing something, what, are you, what is it that you focus on that becomes right concentration? So these are the eight full noble paths. Right view, right intention, that leads to right speech, right action, that leads to right livelihood, that leads to, uh, that is promoted by right effort, promoted by right mindfulness, promoted by right concentration. Okay. And you can see that if you take out the word right out of it, they, they will still be there, and exactly that's the dynamism that brings about the suffering. Because we have wrong view, it leads to wrong, wrong intention, makes us say the wrong thing, makes us do the wrong thing, and we have a wrong kind of livelihood. And we, we put... We, we do the wrong kind of effort because the effort we put, the effort we initiate, is effort that leads, brings about suffering that we don't want. And we have all kinds of wrong things running in our mind. That's wrong mindfulness. And what do we focus on? We focus on the things that brings about suffering, become become wrong concentration, wrong focus. Okay. So it's not something that is completely foreign to you. It's not like you existed blissfully and then you were thrown into existence and then when you look, when you look around and say, wait a minute, why am I suffering? Okay. The dynamism that brings about this experience that you, can, that you cannot deny is involved with, those, with that path, the eightfold path. Okay. And you can see you know, in a, in a very uh, microcosmic, uh, microcosmic way where you can have two people uh, concerning a specific, uh, perhaps, uh, uh, say what? Like because of the way one views something, the way, uh, and the way, uh, so you have two people looking at one thing and they have different views about it. And their different views lead them to different consequences. Okay. So view is the the primary thing. Okay. Once you change that, then ev then everything else just naturally follows. And if like uh, if you try to do it backwards, you want to get the you want to get you cannot get right concentration if those things before it uh, weren't present. Okay. Like if you're not convinced. If you don't make nirvana a view, that is, you actually are convinced that oh, that's something that exists, that's something that can be experienced, that I can experience. Unless you have that conviction, no matter how many sadhanas you recite, no matter how many mantras you recite, you're not going to get there because you're not, they're not, they're, you're not going to put the right effort, 
You're not going to be able to focus on them properly. You're not going to be able to you know, do those things in your life that are a distraction from doing it. You'll continue to do other things. And why do you do other things? Because they are part of your view. You are convinced that's what you need to do. And the person who is uh, the example of someone who is uh, addicted is because they have a view that there's, something, there's some benefit to get from alcohol or for whatever it is, or whatever it is that they are addicted to. Until that view is changed, they're not going to stop their behavior. Okay. And many things can bring about a change of that view. It could be, you know, uh, uh, being thrown into a life-threatening situation that uh, make a light comes up, or they see someone, and for some reason, that the perception of that person makes a, make that light go up. But first, they have to get that view. Okay. All right. Any questions? On my readings, um, getting confused on some terminology mm -hmm. uh, between an arhat mm -hmm. and an aria. Okay. An aria is someone who is going to become an arhat. An aria is someone who has had a direct non-conceptual perception of what is truth, what is the true nature of reality. As soon as you have that direct, uncontrived experience, you, are, you become an Arya. But an Arya has to continue to, to make progress, continue to, to practice, continue to, to, to stay on the path. And eventually, when, when that Arya reaches the end of the path, the end of the path is what that person is now called an arhat. So if the, if the end of the path is to reach nirvana, so today you're, you're an ordinary person and you go to, to class or you read something and you get inspired by it, you gain the view. And then you go home, you put the right effort, put focus on the right thing, and then that effort leads to uh, a direct perception of the true nature of reality then you become an Arya. Then you keep accustoming your mind to, to have that experience over and over and over again. And while you keep doing that, and it, 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 then what you're doing, you're, that path is, remember, it's definite removal. So it's removing whatever it is that is in your continuum that is causing you to experience uh, the truth of suffering. And eventually, there's no more, none, of that cause, none of those causes anymore, then that very absence of those causes is having achieved nirvana. Then when you reach nirvana, you're called an arhat. Okay. Yes? I don't know if I understood in, in the four aspects of the first noble truth, mm -hmm. uh, one of them is, uh, I guess I'm using my, my, my term here, that uh, you don't have a, a realization of emptiness leads to suffering. And, and, and my... Right? As an aspect of the first truth? Yeah, an aspect of the first truth that you feel that something is really real. Oh, I see. And, and, and maybe, maybe I'm using the, 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 the wrong word for this mm -hmm. lesson here, but there was two aspects that you mentioned appeared to be maybe Oh, yeah, yes, yes, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the last two, selflessness and emptiness. Yes, yes, that. Mm -hmm. I, I was not here when you, I guess, a previous lesson when mm -hmm. you maybe expanded on mm -hmm. on that that this realization of selflessness or the emptiness of mm -hmm. phenomena mm -hmm. that because you don't have that truly inside that that, that will uh, lead to suffering. Mm -hmm. No, it's not. It's not because you don't have that inside that leads to suffering as part of the aspect of the, of the first truth. Okay. It's because of the very nature of things being empty, of having a true existence. Okay. The, very, the very nature of something being that, it lacks true existence. That's the empty, that's the empty part, right? Because, because of that, and then, here we are, we want it not to be that way. We impose upon it that it's not that. But it is not what we are imposing. 
and and it's like the the, the dynamism of of our what we wish what we wish to impose and what it actually is being those two being contrary leads conflict. conflicting that's suffering. Any other questions? Yeah, I have the answer for that one. The answer is now. <laughs> okay. All right, it's page uh, 16. Oh, wow. I was right. <laughs> Page 16, and then this time when we end, we'll also recite the, the translation in English. to make an announcement that we will not have class next Sunday. But we will have class the following time. Okay. Everyone's invited to New York City. <laughs> Gishidagi will be giving a class on the two truths. It's, it's, it's been uh, it's been ongoing but it hasn't been it hasn't it hasn't gone too deep into it. Don't be worried that don't worry about that, you know, I haven't I missed the first two, I'm gonna be lost. But you, you got you got more into like a introduction we kind of a, uh, teaching on that, okay? Yeah. Next Sunday? Next Sunday in uh, New York, in New York City. What time? Uh, what time? 1.30? One 1.30. Okay. 61 4th Avenue. Okay.